0: Hello and welcome to Better Money with Elements Financial. We're your hosts, I'm Miranda Finley. And I'm Abby Askew. We're certified financial wellness professionals who have worked with thousands of people in all walks of life. And we're also real people with real financial experiences. We'll chat from both personal and professional viewpoints to help you make your money better. Today, we're going to be talking about keeping up with the Joneses. I know. So, keeping up with the Joneses is a pretty popular idiom. I I think most people are familiar with it. It uses one's neighbor as a direct comparison to your social status, primarily with material goods. Mm. The world is quite literally at our fingertips, and our sphere of influence is now global. We aren't just setting our benchmarks to our neighbor across the street or our boss at work, but sometimes to complete strangers. The social pressure to try to keep up can often impact us in multiple ways and can ultimately keep us from reaching goals or achieving financial success. Mm. This has been such prevalent conversations among sociologists and economists that PBS popularized the term affluenza. <laughs> it's a painful, contagious, socially transmitted condition of overload, debt, anxiety, and waste, resulting in the dogged pursuit of more. Mm. Today we wanted to dive into where we typically see Keeping Up With the Joneses and how to combat it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think with just everything social media wise that's happening in our world, that like, we've got influencers, we've got all of these things that are just like right at our fingertips Mm -hmm. with 14 different social media platforms, with everyone wanting to show off like how cool they are and like how many things they have. Um, It definitely like keeps that Keeping Up With the Joneses like in your face, like we were talking before about how like keeping up with the joneses back in the 50s was like you're moving to the suburbs and you've got like you know maybe you have like a television or, or a station wagon yes, the coolest yes. station wagon with that wood trim right yes like you've Amazing. got you've got those things and now keeping up with the joneses is like do you take a private jet to go on vacation mm. like all of these things that are just so forefront in our face um that Just for the everyday person is just so, like, not realistic at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're trying to keep up because of social media. We're trying to keep up with people that might have completely different socioeconomic backgrounds that are nowhere near our zip code or anywhere near our reality. Yes. Um, so, you know, with that, I think there's a lot of pressure in social media to curate your life perfectly. So yeah. I know I felt this in, um, in in moving into a new house and, and renovating it that I wanted the newest, you know, um, nicest kitchen and, you know, late, top of the line um, appliances mm-hmm. and just to have everything decor- decorated so perfectly. And that's not realistic no. in most cases. Right. And I just felt a lot of pressure to do that and to do it quickly and to do yeah. it overnight thanks yeah. to HGTV right. and Pinterest. Right. So making sure that, you know, I kind of grounded myself was really important to know that these things don't happen overnight um, in reality or in in my reality is right. more like it. Um and, and I think it's gotten so bad that now there are even opportunities to rent space or to rent time to act like you've had an expensive yes. experience. Yes. So you can rent a few minutes on a private jet that never leaves the ground, right. but right. you can take photos on it. Ugh. So it's just getting to an echelon that is unattainable for the majority of people right what i like to tell myself when i am scrolling on social media and i see either somebody that i know in my personal life who has achieved something so they've purchased a new car they've gotten a new home um or you know they're just taking pictures and you know they're nice new clothes or, you know, whatever it may be that I don't know what their finances right. look like. Yes. Um, even as a financial professional, I can't even begin to guess, you know, what their bills might look like, you know, what they're facing. And at the end of the day, um, for me personally, if I find myself comparing myself to those people, I might not want their bills. Right. Um, <laughs> and so that's something that I used to remind myself. Um, and specifically in comparing ourselves to complete strangers right. i think influencing influencer marketing has made that oh so prevalent in that you know they attempt to build a relationship with their follower base. And you may really like them. Their lifestyle may be kind of similar to yours, but the um, excessive consumerism, the constantly getting new items um, can lead you to overspend. And I don't think influencer marketing is going away. Actually, in 2021, it grew to a $16 billion business. Which is
1: insane. (laughs) Yes,
0: it's wild. And over 90% of marketing professionals have used influencer marketing, whether it's macro influencers that have tons and tons of followers or micro influencers that have 5000 followers or more.
1: Yeah, I mean it just it it's just become such a popular way to get people to buy things. I mean Even we've even talked about this before with, like, um, artificial intelligence and how if you just, like, mention something, your phone sends you 14 ads over social media about what it is that you even just talked about. And you probably don't even want to buy, but because you mentioned it, like, it's now popping up on your phone. So you have advertisements that are just, like, right in your face all the time. You have all of these influencers who are getting paid by these giant corporations usually um, to, like... You know, prop out their product and make sure that, like, everyone knows it's the coolest, hottest thing. You got to have it. And, I mean, it sims all the way from people who are, like, our age up and down. I mean, there's kids who have, like, their own YouTube channels even. <laughs> that are making like, way more money yes, than I ever dreamed yes, to. just to show kids how to play with Happy toys. For them. Yes, I, <laughs> I know. Trust me. We're getting the two-year-old on the train eventually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, just, like, the amount of, like, things in your face, especially with advertising, has become huge. It's so. increased so much. So um, a statistic, in the
0: 1970s, the average person saw between 500 and 1,400 advertisements a day. And as of 2021, we're seeing between six and 10,000 oh, a day. So nice. it is constantly on our face. and. As you mentioned, technology is getting smarter. Mm -hmm. And so every time you click on something, every time you mention something, search for something, um, spend – longer amount of time viewing um, a certain video, it's taking that information and using it to monetize you. So it's just important to be aware of that. Um, Targeted ads are based on where you've been and and kind of where you're shopping and what you're clicking on. So if you are in the market for particularly a large purchase, but even smaller purchases and you're kind of researching or looking that up and kind of price comparing, a good way to curb the retargeted ads you're going to get is to do that in private or incognito browsing yes that's going to cut down on the amount of cookies that are being stored um, so that you're not retargeted with those ads because it's proven that the click-through rate of retargeted ads is 10 times higher yeah. than a normal ad that hasn't been retargeted to you because they right. know that if you see it and see it and see it, yes. you're way more likely to yeah. click on it, especially if it's something that you were interested in in the first right. place.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. And like Miranda said, like this is really big with like large purchases like cars. Um, my husband's in the market to buy a new car, and the number of times he and I have bought both done like auto trader searches and the number of ads I now get from every car dealership mm-hmm. like in the country even targeting us with like these ads for the car that he's looking for. It's just, it's insane. And like, I mean, that's a very, very expensive purchase. So something that we're going to take some time thinking about, but they also retarget you with like just, I mean, target, <laughs> like target the store. Um, Like if you're looking for a certain thing, like they're going to send everything that's similar like that to mm-hmm. you. So it's just, it's very easy for them to do their job of advertising, it's very hard for us to, as consumers, to be like, mm, nah, like I'm not gonna buy it right now. So um, we've talked in other other podcast episodes about how, like, sometimes you gotta limit your social media time mm-hmm. because it will get it'll get out of control and you'll end up just spending more than you ever want to. Yeah. So. so
0: if you find yourself in that position that you're finding that social media is really impacting your mindset when it comes to your finances it's okay to unfollow and curate your social media to cater to you and your needs and what's important to you. So unfollow those people that, you know, constantly you're clicking through to the boutiques or the stores that they're shilling items through. Um, Maybe you unfollow somebody in your life that, you know, has reached a a point in their finances that they're sharing a lot about achievements that they're having. And it's making you feel worse about the position you're in. Uh, So it's absolutely okay to take a break from those things to take a detox from social media, period, especially if you're in the position that you're working towards specific goals or if you feel like you're out of control when it comes to your finances. Yes,
1: or just feeling bad about yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a big thing, too. Like, the mental and emotional health that – that social media can take a toll on you, like, is just intense these days, especially with everyone being home a little bit more. I mean, we're coming into springtime, so, I mean, people are hopefully out doing a lot more things. But still, like, when you're at home, you're just, like, scrolling through social mm-hmm. media and you're like, wow, look, that person just took a vacation to, like, Norway or wherever is, <laughs> like, super cool to go to. And you're like, oh, yeah, here I am, just sitting at home. Just chilling at home. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you find yourself
0: in this position that maybe you're being more affected by social media or advertising, I think it's important to ground ourselves. And a good way to do that, obviously, we've talked a lot about creating financial goals so that you know what's most important to you. There are a lot of things that are going to ask for your money, particularly when it comes to social media and advertising, and that that temptation that we have to keep up with the people around us or that Mm -hmm. we're seeing um, reach some financial goals and uh, an echelon and social status that we would like to be at eventually. But before we can get there, we have to figure out what's important to us so that we can align our finances correctly. And a great way to do that is to to define our wants and needs and the differences in those. So understanding what your baseline is financially, your absolute minimums to keep a roof over your head, to keep food food in your fridge to um, make your life comfortable even uh, is important. And then beyond that, creating those financial goals so that you know what you're working towards next and what's important to you. Because There are a lot of things that can take your money, but I don't know about you guys, but I'm not working with an unlimited amount of money, and so I need to make sure that my money is going towards the things I want most. What are some common areas that we see that it might be a little bit more difficult to not keep up with um, those around us and to define our wants and needs, Abby?
1: I mean, there's a ton. So biggest one is, like, cars. Like, you see – I mean, you see your friends, like, getting new cars, or you see people on social media. I mean, my husband even follows this, like, super car girl who, like – tours all of these like amazing supercars and I know he's like oh that would be so cool and I'm like yeah but that car's like 2.8 billion dollars like we're not that'll like that's never attainable in our life right yeah but in general I mean if you see your friends getting a new car every three years like that's something that you might want to do because you get in their car and they've got all the cool like bells and whistles and Mm -hmm. all the new technology and and you're like oh yeah let me get back into my like 2013 like Honda Civic and have to like you know Wait for the window to roll down because because <laughs> it's so old and oh, they're still so cranking it. Oh man, I can't. Yeah. I don't even know when they stopped the crank. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's their cars are definitely a big thing that mm-hmm. like makes people especially want with to buy technology
0: more. changing yes. so quickly. I mean, yes. there are cars that drive
1: for you right. or park for park you. Park for you. That sounds real parallel, parallel parking. parking. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be great to have yes. a car do that um yeah so but i mean at the end of the day like you generally you just want a car that gets you from point a to point b that's really all you need um, you might need a few extra things like if you've got kids or so you need a little bit more space mm-hmm. or um you know there or if you're someone who does a lot of like house projects like i know your husband does and so mm-hmm. he, it was important to him to get a truck so he could transport things so you might have like a few things that are on your must list when it comes to buying a car but i can guarantee you on your must list List for from an essential standpoint um, is probably not the most expensive item out there. It's nice to have all those bells and whistles, but at the end of the day, you need to make sure that whatever you're buying when it comes to a car, how much, however much you're paying, aligns with those goals so that you can keep your money in check. Absolutely, right? and I think houses falls directly into for that sure. category too. Yes. yes, the housing market is wild
0: right now, and I know a lot of people that are moving into new homes. Yes. Um, I don't know how moving doesn't curb this because moving is, <laughs> is a, a terrible enough. process, yes. Yes. Um, but it is exciting to get into a new space and to yes. make it yours, um, sure. especially when you're seeing a lot of people in your life do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so having something that meets your necessities, a roof over your head that is safe, that has maybe some of the amenities or, that are non-negotiables for you right. is important, but purchasing a new home just because everybody else is, right. is not going to get you any closer to those financial goals unless your financial goal is to, to purchase. Right. A new home. So there's always that caveat that you might find that one of these things is more important to you than the others, but that means you need to put the other things on the back burner and put that thing um, at the forefront that you're yes. working towards. Yes. Education is another one of these things. Um, I've seen a lot of weight um, from or a lot of uh, perceived weight, you know, like when I was in college, the person who got into the more prestigious college was received a ton of accolades from Mm -hmm. adults in our lives and from, you know, our peers. And that person ended up with the same degree as somebody who went to a state school. And so unless you're going into a field where a degree from a particular program from a particular college is really going to get you further to make you more money and to add value to what you're doing at the end of the day, Maybe consider getting some of your core classes at a community at, college. Yeah, at a community yeah. college where you can pay less, where maybe you can live at home if you have right. the privilege of being able to do that. Um, but and then you can finish your degree yes. at a more expensive college. But that's definitely going to save you money. And and I know it can be really um, enticing, especially to parents who want the best for their children right. to right. send their children to these prestigious colleges. But at the end of the day. Um sometimes that doesn't pay off and the high price tag of those yes. and the student loan debt on yes. the background can be crippling. Yes.
1: Yeah, we see that all the time with like when when we meet with people to look at their credit report and they just have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of credit with a worth of student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just you just know that like the job that they're doing, it's gonna take them years and years and years to pay off these student loans. And like student loans aren't free, they still charge you interest. And you just feel for those people because they probably didn't know what they were getting into. And and the promises on the front end of like, hey, you're gonna get a really high earning job mm-hmm. because you went to college is not a true promise. And so it's very frustrating for them. It's hard for us to see it too. And so just make sure you're if you've got a kid who's trying to figure out what they're gonna do, you know, for the rest of their life. Like, make sure you're weighing out all of the pros and cons. And I know it's hard to explain to a 17-year-old that, like, hey, when you get done with school, you could have a $1,000 a month uh, student loan payment. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that concept, but you as a parent do. And Mm -hmm. so it's very important to help them as much as you can understand, like, you're going to be paying this large sum for a very long time in the rest of your life.
0: So. Yeah. Um, switching up gears, I feel like newest technology is another one of those things. You know, we talked about um, cars and technology ever advancing, and yes. it's the same with a lot of our household products. Oh, my gosh. So technology antiquates at a really, really fast rate these days, which is so exciting because it means that we're getting things that can potentially make our lives e- easier so that we can turn our attention in yes. that time we would spend doing something. Thing to something you know, else something that's more else to exactly, us, yeah. um, but. When it comes to those things, getting the nicest, newest thing constantly can sometimes sometimes put us in a hole. Yes. And there are so many of these things. I think the biggest one I see is a $600 <laughs> hair tool yes. that dries your hair and curls it like all yes. with air. It's wild. Right. But it's $600. Right. And I have to wonder, how much better is that tool than my $30, you know. TJ Maxx <laughs> curling iron purchase. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Um, robot vacuums yes. is another example. When right. Abby and I were planning for this episode, we were like, we have regular vacuums, we have robot vacuums. Yes. Like, do we need a robot vacuum to do what we could do with our nice in the first place right. vacuum? <laughs> right. Um so keeping mind um, those things that we have in our lives and and like we talked about in our convenience episode, weighing out whether that's truly gonna add and benefit your life enough to pay that price
1: tag. Yes. Um Yeah, because the convenience of some of these technologies definitely gives you more time to do what you want to do. But like, I feel like everything in our house is so smart. But then like, as you said, like the next smart thing comes out and then my husband's like, "Ooh, we got to get that. And I'm like, we just paid so much money to have this other one. Like, I don't want to turn it in and buy the new one again. Like, we just need to be happy sometimes with what we have and like, know that the technology is going to work and there's always going to be something better that comes out. But until it breaks... Just to let it live, right? Yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. And like weighing out um, where that tipping point is with these types of yeah. items is important. So yeah. for example, I know both of our husbands have smart mugs that right. keep their coffee warm for yes. them that cost like $100, $150, yes. which is yes. wild. It was a gift, I think, right. in both right. instances. So it's super nice gift that you probably wouldn't want to purchase yourself. But I have to ask, like, is $150 worth that 30 seconds to walk to the microwave right. and right. pop your coffee mug <laughs> in? Um, I drink my coffee cold. Maybe right. that is. <laughs> you know, the plight of a woman. Like, I never get around to right. drinking my full coffee because I'm busy doing other things. Right. But, you know, you have to ask yourself where that tipping point right. is and whether that money is worth it right. to you. Yeah. This can kind of apply to designer items too. So, we were talking about um, a couple years ago. Uh, an artist was selling a plain white t-shirt that your husband looked at. Yeah. I mean, he was like, this is wild. This t-shirt costs $300. And it's the same as like a plain, you know, multi-pack t-shirt that you can get like a multi-pack for $15. Um, So asking ourselves where that tipping point is with those designer items, like, yes, there's going to be some quality differences. um, And there might be quality differences overall. But is the quality worth that much more than the plain item without a designer name that you could purchase.
1: Because at the end of the day, you're still, I mean, you mentioned this, like you're still able to like pour coffee or spill something or whatever on that plain white t-shirt. And to have to throw that away (laughs) for $300 when you could have the same thing for, you get three of them for $15. I mean, it's kind of like you got to weigh it out. Like, what's important to you? Is it the label on the tag because it's generally not on the front of the item of clothing? Or is it the fact that like, hey, so instead of that $300 spent on that T-shirt, I'm going to spend 15 bucks and then I'm going to take that extra 285 and invest it mm-hmm. or save it or buy something else that is an actual necessity for me instead of just paying for that name brand that's out there. Yeah.
0: And then I think you mentioned, to Abbey Vacations. Oh God. So I've seen yeah. this a lot. And obviously, over the last two years, traveling has looked a lot different than it has previously. But I remember a couple of years ago, like, Iceland was the hot spot. Yes. Like, everybody I knew was going to Iceland. Yeah. And because everybody I knew was going to Iceland and taking pictures, it gave me, like mm-hmm. – travel FOMO and I was like wait am I missing something by not going to Iceland this year um it can be really costly to go to those hottest spots that are like the most instagrammable right and if you're traveling somewhere just to get the pictures to post it online You have to ask yourself, are you truly getting the enjoyment out of it? Are you getting the rest and relaxation that you should be taking after working really hard and taking your paid time off? Mm -hmm. Um, So just ask yourself about those things. And I think this goes to stand that the more something costs, the bigger appeal that it seems to gather with people. And so just asking ourselves, like, if that is going to actually add value to our lives and if it is the most important thing. I've said this before, I'll say it again. If you don't have the money to put towards the things, that you really want, then it's time to start questioning ourselves and figure out where money is going and where we can kind of, you know, readjust, readjust our finances. So if you're in this position where you're unsure of how much to spend on some of these items we've mentioned and, and how much might be
1: healthy in a budget. We want to go over a balanced budget. Yes. So would you start with that, Abby? Yeah, sure. So we talk about this a lot in our presentations, but these are just like good rule of thumb numbers to stick to. Um, if you think of kind of like a pie graph um, is kind of what we're going to go with here. So 35% of your take-home pay, and this is like post-tax, the money that actually comes into your bank account because that's what you can spend, mm-hmm. right? Um, so 35 of that budget should be dedicated towards housing. So this is either like your rent or your mortgage, your utility bills. Um Anything that goes into like taking care of your home, so if you have an HOA, whatever it is, 35% of your take-home pay should be spent on that. 15% should go towards transportation. So this is like your car payment or if you Uber a lot or if you have to pay for parking somewhere like on a monthly basis, um, gas, insurance, all of mm-hmm. those things that go into getting you from point A to point B. Um, 15% of your take-home pay should be dedicated to that. 25% is dedicated towards what we call life. So this is like- what's a, Yeah, what's <laughs> yeah, in the life category? Yeah everything, right? Because life is all-encompassing. Um, so this is like, you know, going out to dinner, buying clothes, hanging out with your friends, um, any, like, sports things that your kids might have to do. Um, gifts, gifts childcare, care. Yes, yes, All of those things that, like, don't fall into these other categories fall into life. So a quarter of your take-home pay goes towards that, which... That's the category that always gets a yes. little wonky for me. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. And it's, it's hard to, like, make everything fit into and to think that just, like, a quarter of my take-home pay is going to be spent on what I spend most of my month doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's the, the number that we suggest. So 15% on debt. So this is if you have student loans, credit cards, um, anything that you, that might be like a high interest debt that you want to try to focus on paying off. So um, kind of seems to be like the rule of thumb on what's high interest versus low interest. So Mm -hmm. anything above 8% is that debt that you want to focus on paying off. So this means like you might be paying more than just your minimum payment, which is great because that means you're going to pay it off quicker and pay less interest. Yeah, and I would challenge you here that if your minimums aren't 15%
0: of your take-home pay, I challenge you to take at least 15% of your take-home pay and put it towards that debt because you don't have to be in debt forever, particularly large or high interest rate debt. Um, it can be crushing and it can, it can feel difficult to get out of, especially if it's compound yes. interest like a credit card. Yes. So if that's something that you have questions about, please reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to kind of walk you through. And there might be some financial tools that you can yes. use to help you um, make more of your money in that particular category.
1: Yeah. And we even have a whole episode about debt. So scroll back on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and find that episode and, and figure out what you can apply to your life. Um, And then the final 10% of that pie chart is um, to go towards your savings. So this is not 401k savings. This is like liquid savings in your bank account. Okay. So this is cash, Um, cash that you might invest, but cash nonetheless. Um, So always make sure you're paying yourself and you're, you're putting that 10% um, in an actual savings. So not like a, Hey, this is like my second checking account that I'm just going to spend money out of. No, Mm -hmm. this is a savings account. So all those percentages add up to a hundred, I promise. Um, And they're just, recommendations to try to help you stay on track with your budget. So if you don't have like that high interest debt, or even if you don't have debt that you're focusing on, so now you have 15% of your take-home pay that you can do something with, figure out where that's going to work for you. Um, or your car's paid off, so like you're not spending 15% on transportation. Figure out where you're going to put that other money to help it align with your goals and not let it, call this life creep, not let it take over um, your spending.
0: Yeah, and you might find too that this is this is just a guide. So you might find that once you establish your goals and once you figure out what your baseline is, that your percentages might look a little different than this, but At the end of the day, we're only ever working with that 100% that Abby talked about. So for example, like I said, my life category tends to look bigger than 25% of my take-home pay because I have things like travel and um, social time and things that are really important to me. And so I sacrifice part of my housing percentage to go towards that Mm -hmm. life percentage. Or it may be the other way around. Maybe cars are the most important thing to you. You're a car person. So taking money from... um, um, your life, your life area, or your housing area, and putting it towards right. your car payment, and and making that piece of the pie a little bit bigger, right. is what you need to do. But you only have one hundred percent, and yes. so if you're ever operating over one hundred percent, that's when we start to get into trouble. So running on a deficit on our personal budget is never something no. that we're shooting for.
1: No, right.
0: So with that life creed that Abby mentioned. Um, that means that you're allowing any increase in income to be absorbed into your spending, um, especially if you're doing it unintentionally. So you get an incremental raise at work. You get a new position. And instead of being intentional about those additional dollars that you're making that you weren't counting on making previously, mm-hmm. um, you start to spend those things. Or right. you feel pressure that, oh, I got a new job, which means I need to up Buy my— new work clothes. Yes, yes, up my wardrobe. That's exactly yes. what I was, I was going to say which I am definitely prone to, <laughs> um, buy a whole new wardrobe or you may feel like you need to get a nicer car because now you have a title at work. Right. So things like that that can absorb those dollars and keep you from hitting some of those goals you have. And so remind yourself of your goals pretty often to ground yourself. We talk about that a lot. It's easy to get distracted when it comes to things. So have those goals somewhere where you can see them and have accountability um, partners in your life that will help you remind you of those goals particularly if you're thinking about making a large purchase. If you are thinking about making a large purchase and you are hesitant to talk to the people who care about you in your life about making that purchase, that's a red flag. (laughs) Yeah, that's time to kind of like back up from your decision because if you know that they're going to tell you that it might not be a good idea, that you should wait on it, that you should think about it, um, then those are people that love you, um, that you have allowed to have influence and authority to speak into your life. And so Um, make sure that you hesitate a little bit if the people around you are also hesitant. Um, a few great ways to intentionally use increases in income, obviously always putting more into your retirement yes. until you're maxing that out. And then once you are maxing it out, looking at additional opportunities outside of maybe your employer sponsored program, saving towards already specified goals. So whether that's vacation, buying a home, education, whatever that may be, and then paying down that high interest rate debt is yes. all great ways to just be really intentional. Correct. I know we I know we preach intention intentionality a lot on this podcast podcast, but that's that's what money is. You know, right. you feel more in control of your money when you're being intentional with right. it. Thank you for joining us on Better Money with Elements Financial as we talked through keeping up with the Joneses. We mm. hope you're able to take something away from this to make your money better. Keep an eye out for our next episode. If you need anything from us in the meantime, visit elements.org/bettermoney or email us at bettermoney@elements.org. Thank you. Thank you.